Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I've always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we have Yannicka Oynes, and Yannicka is going to talk to us about out-of-body experiences and astral projection and the benefits that she has had by doing it most of her life. This is a very, very interesting conversation, so sit back, relax, and enjoy. Let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Yannicka Oynes. How are you doing, Yannicka? I'm doing so well, and I'm so excited to be on your show, Alex. I love it. It's such an honor. Thank you so much. I'm a fan of your show as well from the North. Uh, You're you're opening up consciousness from the North with your show. Uh, What country are you in exactly again? I'm a Norwegian, and the name uh, Wisdom from North just came to me on while I was jogging, actually, in 2012. And I thought it was kind of, okay, weird, Wisdom from North. Why not? I mean, it came to me, and I just trusted it, and that's the name of the show. (laughs) Yeah, you've been doing it for a while. I mean, many, many years you've been doing this. Yes, I've been on YouTube ever since 2012. I don't think it's a coincidence that it was actually 2012. Uh, That's a theory I have, that many people started awakening at that time and coming out with what their mission is or deeper calling is. Uh, But yeah, I've been there for a long time and it has really evolved from me being so curious about the big questions of life and studying uh, at the side and doing different things, but I just wanted to give this or get these videos, these videos out uh, because it was healing to me. And then it evolved to what it is today. Now I have a company, I have colleagues, we make online courses and a membership. So it has turned into something I could never dream of. And now I'm actually living from doing this. I would never have dreamt of that either. So it has been a magical ride, uh, I got to mm-hmm. say. And and now I'm more inspired than ever to sort of have a comeback on YouTube because <laughs> I've focused so much on my membership and online courses and Norwegian podcasts and everything. And now I really want to go back to my English channel and do lots more videos again. Fantastic. So first of all, tell me about your spiritual journey. How did you get to this point? Because it's not, you know, generally the spirit, you know, when we come out of the spiritual closet, uh, at least in this country, it's not an easy thing to do a lot of times because a lot of other people around you were just might think you're a little crazy or you're talking to near-death experiencers and things like that. So how did you begin your journey? Yeah, um, and you're right. I mean, um, I've been in the closet for a long time and it all started actually when I was 13, 14 years old um, with me being curious about the big questions of life and I actually felt really alone uh, and uh, alienated from this world. And I reached out to the stars. I remember I went out of our cabin and just walked alone in the darkness and reached out sort of to the aliens up there, hoping they would come and pick me up. And it's (laughs) a weird thing. (laughs) It's a weird thing to be doing, but I think I was very lonely inside. And I just felt that someone else was hearing me and that I was originally from there. Like this, that was my real home and this wasn't my real home. And I think the reason why I was feeling that, it might be because, you know, I might be a starseed and all that, but that's not something I have proof of or know. And what is a starseed really? Mm -hmm. Um, But that's another question, a big topic. But I think it was because Ever since I was seven years old, I've been a child star in Norway. So I've done roles as little Cosette Le Miserable, Annie and Annie, Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz. I did a record. I wasn't 
TV all the time. And at that time, we didn't have social media. We just had one TV channel. And I got a lot of attention. I heard I looked like Shirley, uh, Shirley Temple. Temple. Yeah. And I got so much attention and applause all the time. And I remember those around me, uh, the grown-ups, they said that, you know, you should have your feet on the ground. Don't think you are more than you are. Because in Scandinavia, we have this thing, this big shadow called Janteloven. And everybody in Scandinavia knows it. And it's about that you shouldn't be think you are more than you are. You shouldn't stick out. You shouldn't mm -hmm. take up too much space. It's the opposite of what the Americans do. So <laughs> when I went to America, I was like, everybody's like that. And I was like, oh, uh, this is really hard for me. It's really hard for Scandinavians. So I really dimmed down my light. Uh, while I was on stage, I needed to perform. I know I knew I needed to be at my best. And then in school, I didn't speak about theater. I tried to, you know, fit in and not uh, just be an ordinary girl. And I think I got so lonely uh, and split. My identity got totally split. So I got eating disorders when I was 12, 13. I just started eating because after being Annie, and being picked, you know, by uh, uh, from 2000 girls. And I got the premiere night ahead of the other Annie's. I heard I was the best one. After that, when the plus just vanished and I was going into middle school, I didn't handle that transition very well. So just started eating. I got big. Then I got uh, anorexia. Then I got bulimia. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this. Uh, sure, 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 sure. And uh, so I had a big eating problem and then uh, back, you know, up and down in my weight. And then I turned around 20 and I got big roles again. All of a sudden I landed the role of Greece in, uh, no, um, uh, Rizzo in Greece at this big theater uh, and everybody was like, oh, she's back. And my dream was to become a musical theater artist uh, in New York. And I knew I was heading to New York right after Greece and all of that. And then all of a sudden I started to have problems with my voice. So I would sing at the, at the, the stage, but I would crack up and I would lose uh, my voice uh, at certain times. And the other girls had to, you know, sing lines for me and stuff like that. And I started getting nervous. So I went to the speech therapist, uh, no, speech doctor, and he discovered that I, that I had nodules on my voice. And he said, you can't sing for a long time. You can't even speak. So at that time or in that moment, I actually realized that my life as I knew it was over. Because ever since I was seven years old, I had decided that I was going to be a musical theater artist, either on West End or on Broadway. And in that moment, I understood that that will never happen. Because if I get uh, surgery, it won't be perfect. Like it demands so much to be a Broadway star that your voice just needs to be beyond perfect, right? So at that moment, I had to uh, give up another role, another big role, and I fell into a depression. My boyfriend left me. I didn't have money anymore. I developed anxiety, and it was just darkness for many, many years. And that was a very horrible place to be. And I think I got so depressed because all my life, I was told I was somebody I had a dream of becoming even more of that, this star. And then all of a sudden I was nobody mm. or I was thought I was somebody. Now I was nobody. And I started a long journey inwards. I realized I had to love myself for just being alive, for just existing. And I realized also that I had had self-confidence in singing, acting, but not a self-esteem or not self-respect. I didn't value myself at all. Like basically I felt worthless without voice. And I felt that God was punishing me 
that I had done something wrong since he or she just took away my voice. So fast forward many years, I I came out of the depression. It was actually two deep depressions. It's the most horrible thing I've experienced in my life because all of a sudden nothing has meaning. Like I didn't care about anything. Everything is just gray. It's just dark. Like my apartment was a mess. I was a mess. I didn't care. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. But slowly but surely, I started to um, practice self-love. I started actually watching Oprah Winfrey Mm -hmm. (laughs) and diving into metaphysics. And I remember Oprah Winfrey said, you are powerful. And I was like, is she talking to me as well? Like she was looking into the screen and it's dawned on me that maybe I have this power inside somewhere that there's something to find. And that really inspired me. So I started slowly but surely to love myself more. And in 2012, I was sitting on this bench with my father and I was starting to become a primary teacher because I've I was done with theater then, and I've done a soap opera, and I was done with all the, I don't know, with, you know, I felt the showbiz was a bit like shallow. I wanted to do something more meaningful. (laughs) So I sat there with my father, and I was like, you know what I really want to do is to travel around the world interviewing spiritual teachers about the big questions of life. And in that moment, it just dawned on me that that is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And it made no sense. I, I didn't earn any money at it. And I I continued um, studying and all that. But slowly but surely just moved into what it is today. That's so I, I feel like I lost my voice to find a deeper voice. Well, and I was going to say that because I feel that your voice being lost at such a pivotal moment in your life, if it hadn't been lost do you believe you would have self-destructed? You would have, if you would have gone to New York and gotten those kind of accolades and that kind of, you know, acclaim and all your grade and everything, because it's one thing where you were at, you know, doing things in your, in your country, but when you're in Broadway, it's the, that's the, that's the world stage. If you would have gotten up, if you might imagine we've gotten to the top of that mountain, how much farther would you have crashed? You might have not made, you might have not come out of it. So in many ways, the universe was trying to, at least from my point of view, stop you from self-destructing yourself because it did it to me as well in my own journey. Yeah, I'm not built for Broadway or Hollywood. <laughs> I'm way too sensitive and fragile and I would never have made huh? it. That's too hard and tough for me. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. No, I mean, from someone who's been in Hollywood for <laughs> a lot of years, I know it's not it's it's not weak people who make it in, the, in that kind of business, and it's it's tough. It's a tough scenario. But I'm so, I mean, when you decided to do this kind of work in 2012, YouTube was barely a thing. Still, I mean, YouTube was a thing, but it wasn't a thing um, yet. And spiritual conversations, that's like crazy talk <laughs> back then. Yeah. And I think that's why I got many views in the beginning. I was very fortunate with that. And I didn't know even what subscribers were. I'm like, oh, 40 people are subscribing. What is that? (laughs) So I discovered everything along the way. But that was a really deep need in me. I wanted to have long conversations without any commercial breaks. Now we do have commercial breaks on on YouTube though, but I was thinking TV, you know? So I wanted long conversations within these topics because I was longing for it. Mm -hmm. And I was so frustrated at media in Norway that when they talk about people who've had spiritual experiences, I feel like they are talking, you know, in a condescending way. Uh, like we are a bit weird uh, and these alternative people and almost saying these alternative thoughts are dangerous. And I was just so sick and tired of that. I wanted to really, you know, be those, one of those who were working in the, you know, not in the big broadcasts, but uh, and the big media, but in the trenches, in the trenches. Yes, that's a great word in the trenches. Yeah. 
to make my contribution and to make a shift. Like that was my right. real big intention. And it actually still is. A lot of things have changed, but uh, I don't see in the newspapers that um, they write about this. I mean, UFOs, that's fortunately uh, have been, um, yeah, this there have been disclosure. Uh, but at th that time, when I started out, it was like, when is the, the disclosure going to happen? And <laughs> well, <let laughs> people were you. so excited. Yeah. So let me ask you this. You mentioned to me before we started having a conversation about having an out-of-body experience. And that has kind of been your, your key or your kind of foundation, uh, your rock in your spiritual journey. Because anytime you're walking the spiritual journey, there's questions all the time. You're like, is this real? You know, am I, is there really a God? Is it really afterlife? But because of your out-of-body experience, it kind of grounds you. And like, well, I had that thing. It was a pretty deep spiritual experience. Can you tell everybody about your out-of-body experience and what it did for you? Yeah, sure. Uh, and you're so right. I mean, since I did have that experience, I always know that there is life after death. Like I feel that I have a knowing, not just a belief. And this all happened before I started my YouTube channel in 2012. So it was actually another incident where I lost my voice again. Uh, this has been the story of my life, losing my voice over and over again, even though I've had surgery. Uh, so I was in Spain um, doing this. Um, I was working on... Um, on this show, uh, every night, like five days a week, uh, yeah, musical theater artist basically was what we were doing, having different shows uh, for tourists in Spain. And uh, I was singing a lot and all of a sudden I lost my voice again and I had to be removed from the show in two weeks uh, and be on a sick leave. And while I was there, I, I couldn't do anything, right? I just had to be quiet and uh, wait for my voice to come back. So I figured that, hey, why don't I try to have spiritual experiences? Because while I was in Spain, I read these books and I, I took this course about out-of-body experiences and astral traveling. And I thought, you know, this is a great time for me to really delve into this because I can't speak with the other show artists. So I have to be alone all the time. So I was taking this course, Astral Travel and Dreams, I think it was called, and I dived really into it. I meditated three times a day, uh, one hour in the morning, one hour midday, and one hour in the evening. And I said different mantras that they taught us that is uh, specifically to astral traveling and out-of-body experiences. Uh, and I learned, of course, the difference between lucid dreaming and astral traveling, or no, um, astral projecting. And I want to mention that first, because uh, lucid dreaming, that is to wake up in a dream. So what I believe is that when we go to sleep, we are actually out of our bodies. Mm -hmm. Now, some are saying that you're not really out of your body, you're just in this cosmic mind, but maybe that, you know, what's the difference? Maybe that's the same. It all depends on the words we use and the perspectives we have, you know, what is a cosmic mind? Uh, so, but the, to me, I actually feel that I'm out of my body and I think we are out of our bodies. So uh, when we're then lucid, that means that you are in a dream and you wake up and you understand that you're dreaming. So let's say we're in a dream right now. We all of a sudden see like a flying elephant through the air. And that makes us ask, okay, so what reality am I really in? And then you can do what is called some reality checks. So you can actually check if you're in the physical reality or in the astral world. And uh, a classic thing is to jump and see if you fall down again. You can uh, look at your hand and see if it's uh, if it changes. Uh, you can look at digital clocks, for instance, see if they are the numbers are jumping around. Uh, you can pull your finger, and that's my thing. I pull my finger, and then when it gets long, I understand that oh, I'm I'm lucid. So. When you then wake up in that uh, dream, you can fly anywhere. You can do anything, basically, almost anything. 
Now, astral projecting, that is that you're consciously projecting out of your body. So you're not sleeping first. You're just lying on the bed. And then all of a sudden you can split out of your body. And then you go into the astral world or realm, whatever that is. I really don't understand what the astral realm is, but it is said to be, you know, the replica of this world, but much, much more. So everything we have in this world, we have on that in that world as well. And there's different layers to uh, the astral world as well. So you can come into dark places in the astral world or dark uh, layers and uh, higher realms of the astral world. So, um, so I was doing this uh, course and I was meditating and meditating and meditating. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And I started having some lucid dreams at first. That's where where it started. And I remember it was so weird because when I was awake in a dream, it just felt so real. But even though when I woke up again, I was like, hmm, but maybe I imagined this, but it felt really real. But my my biggest experience, I guess, was when I was astral projecting. So I was lying on my bed and I was saying this mantra again and again and again, first outside and then inside. And all of a sudden, I, I feel these vibrations that everything starts to shake. And I've learned about this, so I don't get afraid. And that's very important because Mm -hmm. if you get afraid, you'll just ruin the whole experience. So I knew this could happen. And then I was like, oh my goodness, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Try not to be excited, just really calm and grounded. But they were huge. These vibrations were huge. And all of a sudden, I didn't know if I was up there or down here. Like, where was I really? And that was the split happening. So I felt very light and very heavy at the same time. And then I knew I had to get out of my body. <laughs> so I, and this is a, this is a technique. So I rolled over <laughs> and then I rolled out of my body. <laughs> and that was the weirdest thing. So I was standing next to my body and I was like, ah. <gasps> This is amazing. I know that my body is on my bed right now and I'm standing outside of it. And again, I knew I couldn't be excited. I just had to be really neutral. And so I started walking through my wall because that's, you know, you can do that. Even though your mind is like, I can't walk through the wall. And then I'm like, yes, I can because I know I'm in the astral world. So you really have to... um, I mean, you, your mind will play tricks on you, like because it's so real. It feels even more real than here. That's what's so amazing, that everything feels so much more real. That's why when I, I see that there's a wall and I'm thinking I can go through the wall, I'm like, no way I can go through that wall. But I know I'm in the astral, so I can go through the wall, you know? Mm-hmm. So I managed to go through that wall and then I flew up um, on the roof of my building. And then I flew down again and I looked at people and I walked around and I was like, this is amazing. I'm in another world or in the astral world, but I'm just as alive. And then I flew up in the sky and I started just flying over the ocean. It was amazing. And I came to this beautiful landscape with uh, flowers or the flowers were biggest trees. So it was sort of like trees were flowers and flowers were trees and they were enormous. And I was smelling them. And I remember that this smell is just so much stronger and beautiful and intense that I've ever smelled before a flower could be. And the... Everything was just so crisp and sharp and clear and uh, more real. I can't explain it in another way than more real. And the next thing that happens is that I fly up in the into the heavens because I'm I'm like so 
what am I going to do here? <laughs> like, <laughs> why am I here? And what am I going to do? And knowing now, I know now that I should have had a plan uh, on what to do because I was basically wasting a lot of my time, right? I could have gone to the pyramids. I could have asked to see Buddha. There were so many things I could do. And I'm like, let's go up to the sky because maybe God is there. <laughs> so I went up to the sky and God was not there. But what I saw was this has puzzled me. I've always wondered if God listens to all our prayers and if he listens to me, and especially when there have been tragedies, I've always thought that how can God listen to me when these horrible things happen to people? Like, are you know, shouldn't God listen to them and care about them and not me? Because I'm living this great life here in Norway. I have everything I need covered. Uh, so what I saw was all these telephones, uh, like a, a chunk of a lot of telephones <laughs> in the middle of the air. And it, I, I understood that it was all these prayers from people because there were a lot of voices saying, Hey, God, please help me with this. And God, please help me with that. And I don't know, I, I get emotional, but it was pretty intense. It was so many that were calling out for help through these telephones. And I didn't see a God or anything like that, but I sort of got the message or saw that all these telephones were picked up. They were picked up. And what I realized or felt was that every prayer is heard every prayer is answered. So that was a symbolic uh, experience that I really appreciated and that I felt was to me mm -hmm. because that had, had been a question I had been longing to get an answer to. Um, I think pretty fast after that, I got really excited about it and I woke up in my body again. Because if you get afraid or you have any heightened emotion, you smack back uh, into your body. But after that, when I got out of my body in my 3D world, in my physical world, I was so happy. I remember I walked around in the street and I was looking at people and just smiling. And I wanted to shout out to everybody, Yes, we do exist outside our bodies. It's real. I have the proof now. I just wanted to convey this message because now I knew. Like I didn't believe anymore. I knew I had finally had the experience myself that I'm more than this body. And I called home to my mom and dad and told them about it. And my next thought was, why are we not being taught this in school? <laughs> right goodness this is going on there's another dimension that i've just experienced and we're not learning how to do this this is crazy and yeah we're still not learning it in school but it's just it's so real well we're learning it in the school of youtube so <laughs> yes we are this is where this is where everyone goes now for you know it's the second largest uh, search engine in the world for a reason people will come here and listen to you, listen to me, listen to our shows, looking, starving for this information. That's such a beautiful yeah. experience. So I have a, I have a few questions. One, um, when I was in college, someone told me about out-of-body experiences and I, I tried it and I was completely ignorant to this whole process. No one told me about being fearful or nothing. And I, I was lying down and I was, I guess, meditating. And I said, okay, let's time to go. And I felt something lifting off of my body. And like, I don't know if this happened to you. Did you have like a, a wind tunnel or something like in your ears, like a kind of thing? Oh, yeah. happened? I've had several things happen because this was just one out of body experience. I've had several. And there was this one time where I had this shrieking sound that was just the most awful sound I've ever, ever heard in my life. Yep. It was like a million souls were screaming. Yep. yep. Uh, That's it how it sounded for me. Really? 
So what happened when I heard it like, it was like that. And I was like, oh, hell no, I'm not doing this. I got terrified and I opened my eyes and I went and I got slammed back in and I never did it again. So I've never been able to do it again because I want to, but I've never been able to do it again. But it was, I felt, it was almost like something was being ripped out of me. So it was like the kind of thing. And I heard it in my ear. I'll never forget it. Never forget it. So it's interesting that you had something like that happen to you as well. Um, So that was my first question, if you felt that. And when you came back in, did you feel a slamming back in or did it, did it, did you, do you feel anything on your other side physically? And you like start, if you're in pain, you feel the pain when you get back into your body. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. So uh, I just woke or I didn't wake up, but I just felt that all of a sudden I was in my body. Uh, okay. I just opened my eyes and I was like, oh, now I'm back here again. Um, but I did remember that I felt pain uh, because what did I do? I think I did something. I flied around and I, yeah, I um, hit my foot uh, in the in the wall or something while I was flying. And I was like, ow, that really, really hurt. That's and I was interesting. Wondering, how? Yes. Why? And I wrote to the teachers of the course and I'm like, why does it hurt? Like I felt pain just as much as I feel in the physical world. And they said, well, it's in your mind because you believe you're flying and you hit your um, foot and you it gives you messages to your brain that I'm hit and I that's pain. So that led me to ask the question about the pain we're feeling in the physical world, because maybe that's the same, just some messages from our brains. Well, yeah, of course. What I find really interesting is because both you and I have spoken to a lot of near-death experiencers and the brain or the mind, at least from what you're telling me, the out-of-body experience goes with you. So it's, you're, you're not soul, you're not spirit a hundred percent. You are something in between soul and physical. So the brain goes along for the ride and you have to deal with the brain. Whereas even the near-death experiencers, they have their their mind is still like, I've, I've talked to near-death experiencers who are four or five. I go, how did you process dying at four or five if your brain, you know? And they're like, oh, when when Shiva showed up, um, she spoke in three, three word sentences because that's all I could understand at the time. So the brain seems to go with us until we're out of being completely on the other side. But it's really interesting that you you had to kind of deal with it on the other side as and not the other side on the in the astral field and the astral plane um, because you're like the, the the foot thing. Yeah, but the thing is that I think there are different realms and different levels. And right. I've also interviewed a lot of people who've had near death experiences and. Maybe they have been to different realms than where I was. Maybe, oh, yeah. The, yeah. So, uh, and it also depends on high, um, if it's a higher realm or lower realm. And maybe the dream world is something else than having a near death experience. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or that if you have a near death experience, the quality is just different than it is in the astral world. And oh, yeah. yeah. <sighs> Yeah, and I I got to say that also that uh, when you're in these realms, your mind really plays a trick on you, yes, but also what you think about is what is appearing. So everything you have in your mind at where you're at, you know, vibrationally, what you're scared of, um, how much um, advanced you are as a soul, that will really show up. So a lot of fearful things showed up for me, which is a challenge. And that's why, to be honest, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not doing lucid dreaming because it takes so much effort uh, to really have a clear mind. So if I have a lot of stress at work and stuff like that, I know I could have uh, quite a negative lucid dream where negative beings are showing up uh, Mm -hmm. because I'm not as clear. uh, I'm not as um, conscious 
in my everyday life, and that will reflect itself uh, in the astral world. Um, so, yeah, so I met all kinds of weird things uh, when I continued doing out-of-body experiences. I had beautiful experiences. Uh, I also had some very negative experiences. So it was really challenging overall uh, to continue with this. And I also lost a lot of sleep because I had to stay up so late at night and or wake up early in the morning to try to have these experiences. Uh, so I really learned from it that it's important to grow as a spiritual being. It's important to meditate. It's important to calm my mind down and work on myself because I think I will you know, continue attracting a lot of these things if I don't work on myself. That's just a theory I have, that if I have some issues in this life, they might continue in the afterlife. I don't know that, but at least that's what I felt in these experiences, that uh, what I was afraid of was showing up. Well, isn't that the way life is, though? Uh, you know, what you think yeah. of comes towards you. If you worry about something and you worry about something, you worry about something, you manifest it in many ways to yourself. Um, I know I've had that happen to me. I remember like uh, when I was a kid, I had a new car. I'm like, I was afraid to death of being pulled over, afraid to death being pulled over by a police officer. Just, just terrified. I had nothing to, I wasn't carrying drugs or anything. I wasn't drinking or anything. I was just terrified. And within a week, I got pulled over. I got a ticket for speeding. And it's just like, okay, good. And I even said it to myself then I'm like, all right, good. That's out of the way. I can now keep going. And then I never thought about it again. So you, so that's a very interesting thing because the astral plane, and again, this is an area that I haven't really dug, dug, dug deeply into the astral, the astral plane. Uh, what happens on that side, how our brains, it seems like what you're saying, it's a reflection of reality. So everything we have here, we have there, but different. It, there's more, obviously there's no giant, telephone sculpture <laughs> in the sky that I could see at least uh, here uh, in this dimension. Uh, so there are other things that kind of pop up. So it's this weird mix of the slightly of the dream world, slightly of the other side, slightly of this, uh, of the reality. It's all kind of this mishmash. And it's, it, it, it's kind of like when you take a, a psychedelic uh, or, or plant medicine, that takes you to opens you your consciousness up. It once it opens it up. I was talking to a yogi the other day, and he's like, "Well, when you take a psychedelic, you are basically walking into a door that you were not invited to, and you're not prepared many times for what's in that door. Whereas if you reach those states, working on yourself through meditation, through spiritual practices, as a yogi would, when you walk into those worlds, you're completely." prepared but if you just take it it's like a cheat you you walk into that door that's why a lot of people have bad trips or scary psychedelic experiences you know your whole body's being ripped apart you, you know you're talking to god you see beings and aliens and other things like that um because you weren't ready for it so it sounds like that's a little bit of what you're going that you've gone through yeah i mean this was i think 15 years ago um so I was new to spiritual development. Uh, I was curious, but I hadn't worked on myself that much. And yeah, I plunged into this without knowing so much. And I did meet a lot of negative entities that try to spoil my experience. That's what the teachers in the course told me, that they're trying to spoil your spiritual advancement, ad advanced or development. Uh, because you're trying to explore the astral world. They don't want you to learn about it. They want to hold you back. Uh, and I also think that a lot of people who are very earthbound, not people, spirits who are earthbound, who, you know, typical ghosts and stuff like that. Um, if you go over to the other side and you have unfinished business, you know, we watch this on television, <laughs> serious and all that. Uh, they tend to linger a bit in the lower astral realms. Uh, so that's, that can be what you meet. And we had some spells we were going to do and stuff like that. That was really <laughs> fun and it did work. And yes, it does work to say, you know, Jesus protect me and or Buddha or, or light come to me. That did actually work. Uh, but it was a lot of work. Like 
uh, getting them off of me. Uh, and I got a bit like, oh, now they're coming again. And I remember I asked to meet Jesus one time and this um, clown showed up and just tried to distract me. <laughs> I just got so annoyed. So I think I kind of gave it up a little bit. But for me, the main purpose was to find an answer to my question, which was, do I exist in the afterlife or outside my body? So that was my main intention. I think for some people, they have an intention in this life of uh, or a mission of uh, astral traveling a lot, being out of their bodies like Jade Shaw that I've interviewed. Yeah. That's her thing. She loves it. She does it, has done it tons of times. It comes easy to her. But I don't think it's for everyone. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And for me, I felt like I managed to do it because I was practicing it, but it's not my thing overall. It's not my thing. Yeah, and, and but that's, I think that goes with almost any spiritual practice. I mean, you meditation is for some people. Some people it isn't. Some people are going to go up to a, a cave in the Himalayas and sit there for a year or two meditating. That's not for everybody. Or in a monastery, that's not for everybody. So, you know, but these things are to be respected. Um, oh, yeah. They're, they're to be respected. You know, when you start to meditate, uh, since you've been meditating for many years as well as I have, um, you start going deeper and deeper and deeper. Meditation is not as uh, a bit evasive, if you will, as uh, astral travel. Meditation is a little bit right. more um, home cooking. <laughs> it's not fast food at all. It's home cooking. It takes time to, you, and, and it's a slow process but it opens you up and spiritually in a way that is very difficult for people to understand who can't get past that, that first five minutes that, you know, that took me years to get to where I am today. Uh, but once you just sit down, I'm like, I'm just going to do this, sit here for five minutes. Okay, great. I'm going to sit here for 10 minutes. Great. And just keep going. Then it starts to open things up, but then you get to a place where you can have some of the experiences that you're talking about in meditation uh, where uh, there's yogis that I've, I've studied that they said, I, they would just go away for a couple of days meditating. And they, and they would tell their disciples, if you need me, just whisper quietly in my ear and I'll come back because you're like, Oh, I, just, I would much rather be there than here. <laughs> Things like that. Do you agree? Yeah. Uh, and what's interesting. And yeah, I loved what you said about meditation. That is much more a soft approach to it all. <laughs> Uh, and I did experience that after I started practicing out-of-body experiences and lucid dreaming, I actually had more other spiritual experiences. It was sort of like I opened up something uh, and that, that was really beautiful. So it was a period in my life where I felt life was really magical. And there was this other time where I was just meditating um, on my heart and that was a beautiful experience that I had. I actually learned on the course that I mentioned that if you meditate on your heart, you can have much more beautiful dreams and symbolic dreams. So I wanted to try that out. So I was just lying on my bed and I um, meditated on my heartbeat, even though I didn't hear them, I imagined that I heard them. And after a while I started hearing them and I think I had been lying there for an hour. All of a sudden, I just felt myself getting bigger. And this was not an out-of-body experience. It didn't feel like that. It felt like something else, but I don't know what or how to explain it. I just expanded and expanded and expanded. And I got huge. And I was sort of up in the universe, almost like this genie uh, in this lamp, you know, Aladdin, uh, Aladdin's Aladdin. lamp. Yeah, that's what I felt that I was like a genie becoming bigger and bigger. And I was in the universe. And what the message that came to me was, was that this is how big you are. This is how huge you actually are. You think you're small. This is how big you are. And then the next sort of message that came to me was, and this is how huge everybody is every single soul. And I was like, wow. 
So this is the truth of how huge we are. And I felt as huge as the universe. And the next uh, message sort of that came was, or it wasn't a message, it was more of a feeling that I was so loved. I was so loved, but not only that, but that I loved myself. So I had this experience of this duality that I was loved by everything and something. And I was also me loving myself. And yeah, that was just an amazing feeling. And again, it wasn't like I, you know, came back mm -hmm. to my body. It was just all of a sudden I opened my eyes and yeah. I was in awe because then I knew that this is the truth of who I am. And the truth is also that I am loved and that I actually love myself, even though I don't feel like that many times <laughs> that I do, but that's the truth. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how we have been lied to as a, as a species for thousands of years that we are not powerful beings, that we are not connected to God and to the divine that we are these small, separate things that if you don't do this or that, you won't do, you won't get into heaven or hell or whatever that is, uh, or all these kind of things. It is this lie that's been perpetrated to us for thousands of years by governments, by uh, societies, by religions, and 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 it's it just seems like such a horrible lie. And when we finally, you know, when when you speak about these masters who walk the earth, they talk about self-realization, about realizing who you are. And that's when you find enlightenment. That's when you find the connection to source. And I think these conversations are the beginning of those conversations in a mass, mass way, because it is what you just explained is a visual representation of what I'm just saying right now. It, 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 we we have been lied to. We are so much more powerful and creative and, and in control of our own destiny than we've ever been told that we have been. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so much still going on. We are being distracted all the time. I, I can't look at the newspaper anymore uh, in Norway just one of them is okay. It's just fear and fear and yeah. fear and yeah. fear. And uh, I, I'm like, aren't we past that? We know how uh, damaging that is to our psyche, but we are distracted all the time. And I'm not into conspiracy theories that much. Mm -hmm. It might be part of the truth, and truth is truth from a perspective. That's something sure. I've learned from Jamie Price. I've interviewed so many people and that really stuck with me. So that, you know, there might be some truth in conspiracy theories, but it doesn't help me to go into it because I get too dark and I'm too vulnerable to do that. Uh, but I do think that a lot of people uh, that have power are conscious about this that they don't want us to wake up too much because then we get power. And uh, that's been going on for thousands and thousands of years, even though we have clues all the way through history about enlightenment. And, uh, you know, even in Shakespeare had a lot of hidden uh, clues and there's a lot of mystery around Shakespeare's messages. I've had an interview about that. It's so interesting. So there's a lot of that in our past and even Christianity, you know, uh, things that have been moved through, uh, moved from the Bible about reincarnations and UFOs and and about our history, the pyramids are probably much 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 older and all that and all the resistance from his historians and people who write these books about history uh, or teach about it they're so resistant to open up to new discoveries because they have been studying this and they have had you know their fame and uh if the, new Gal truth the galileo comes out, the galileo effect yeah the galileo yes the galileo yes so it's about our ego isn't it fear and power and as long as people are driven by fear and power that will win 
Uh, and that's a bit tricky because these people, they have to sort of wake up themselves in order to see the purpose of actually revealing these truths. Yeah, and that's what our job is. Right. Is, 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 to, is to help people awaken that way. Look, I come from marketing. I come from a commercial background doing commercials. And you would see these ad agencies, they would just delve in fear. You know, if you don't buy this product, you won't get the girl, you won't get the money, you won't get the power, you won't get the respect, you will not be seen unless you have a giant logo on your shirt that, you know, you're paying $150 for a t-shirt that really only costs two cents. And it's all about a brand. Like that makes no sense, but that is fear. It's all about fear and being seen. So we, it's, it's, it's all, it always, it's, um, it's always doing that, but hopefully the work that you and I are doing and many others like us who are trying to spread this kind of information out to the world, which is about light and love and <clears throat> the power that's within you. Jesus said it, the kingdom of God is within you. What I can do, you can do and more. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. I mean, it's fairly straightforward. Uh, it didn't work out real well for Jesus when he said it um, <laughs> back then. But can you imagine walking around at that time period? They, 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 you thought we're kind of closed off now. Can you imagine back then? You know, so, uh, but I think now people are very awakened uh, and are more curious based on the numbers of our shows, based on how many people watch. There's somebody who's in there. There are people around the world who are looking for this information and it's not readily available all over the place. Oh yes. More and more. And, you know, we shouldn't judge the ego either. The ego is there to make us survive and help us survive and protect us. And it's part yep. of our reptile brain and it's thousand years old, this old part of our brain. So yes, we're in fear. A lot of us are more than in fear than others. And, it's a journey to move from the head and the ego to the heart. It's a really long journey, but it happens like we've been speaking about when you meditate, when you expand your consciousness, you start to see a bigger picture. And I think also it's the, you know, the, uh, what's the effect that the more that do the more people that do this, all of a sudden it goes faster and faster. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think we're in a big shift of consciousness where that is happening. Uh, but it's not easy when people are in corporations and stuff like that. And to turn this around and, oh, and we're just going to focus on love and what you will get with this product, not what you won't get because people are afraid of not losing money and, and not surviving. And that's the ego again. So it is a journey to be taken for sure. <laughs> now I'm going to ask you a few questions. I ask all my guests. Uh, what is your definition of living a fulfilled life? Oh, wow. <clears throat> well, for me, it would be to live my soul's mission, to act out and do what I signed up for before I came down to this planet and of be to be of service and to live my potential. It's also to follow my joy and also to be with those I love, uh, to really share love with the people I love and just really um, be present together with the people I love. I think that's, that's important. Happiness, my soul's purpose, being of service and being present when I'm with those I love, yes. If you can go back in time and speak to the little girl that you used to be, what advice would you give her? I would say, dear Yannicka, I love you. And I know it's going to be a challenging ride. <laughs> I know that you're going to lose yourself and stumble and doubt that you have value because the world around you it's a tough place and you might feel that you've lost and you are lost many times, but I want you to know that I'm always there for you 
And the truth is, the deeper truth is that you are never alone and that you are so loved and it's so okay to make mistakes. How would you define God? Oh, wow. I believe God is all there is really, that nothing is outside God, that I am God and you are God and everything is God and this cup is God and that we're all an experience an expression and a perspective of God and that God is really experiencing itself through all of us. So there's nothing outside of it. Everything is God. Yeah, that's what, that's what I believe. And what is the ultimate purpose of life? I think there are many purposes, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's just one. I think we are on a journey Uh, an evolution of the soul, really. I think we're expanding into something we don't know what is. I think God, through us, is expanding and experiencing who it can be through the whole, all of the universes. So I think the purpose of life is to evolve and expand and explore and play And really when we ask, you know, what's the meaning of our lives, I think it is the meaning we bring everything. I think we have to create a meaning or look for the meaning and live that meaning. Uh, But I do think there's a deep, deep meaning with us being here. Nothing is um, a coincidence. Yeah, nothing is random. There are no accidents. There are no mistakes in the universe. And where can people find out more about you and the amazing work you're doing? That was easier to answer. (laughs) (laughs) They can find me at wisdomfromnorth.com and also Wisdom From North on YouTube. And I also have a membership uh, that's Wisdom From North membership where we have different teachers that have handpicked that have uh, masterclasses every month. So we have uh, members from all over the world and you can find it at wisdomfromnorth.com slash membership. And do you have any final words for our audience? Well, what has been important to me is to discover that I have a deeper purpose in this life. And I thought I was so insignificant. I thought I was so lost, but then I discovered that I did have a deeper purpose. And I do believe that what we struggle the most with is where we have our greatest gifts. Because that's where you have knowledge. When you have struggled with something, you have knowledge around it and about it. And you probably mastered so much around it too. And then you can help people with what you have learned. So I believe there's always a deeper meaning to our struggles. And that we've meant to help others with what we've struggled with. So nothing is ever in vain. And we are all unique and we all have something unique to contribute with. And we're supposed to do that. So holding back on our gifts, on our talents, making ourselves being small, dimming our lights is actually the the contrary of self-love. Then you're actually lying to yourself and lying to God and the universe because you are God. So holding back is mm, holding back is um something you will regret so because you cannot lie to your body and you will actually get sick and even more depressed from holding your light or dimming your light down so start shining your light start living your truth and live in alignment with that And you start seeing that everything will flow much, much better because then you're in your truth of your creation. And that's where you're supposed to be, being the unique you, your unique essence of who you are. I think that's that's our purpose. And it's been such a uh, pleasure and honor having you on the show today. Thank you so much for this conversation and continued success with your mission as well, my dear. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for... Uh, the opportunity to be here. And thank you so much for everything you do. I love your show and I will keep continue watching. Appreciate that. 
I want to thank Yannicka so much for coming on the show and sharing her experiences with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, please head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 283. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.